brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In the mid-19th century, the Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Rao, wrote a series of essays addressing contemporary issues in church and culture of his day in order to bring biblical clarity to confused Christians. He described the issues of his day as knots on a rope that needed to be untied. While the issues may be different here in the 21st century, they are no less important or daunting. Carrying on the tradition, welcome to Knots Untied. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to this edition of Knots Untied. I'm your host, Gene Sherman, and today we're talking about what we're journeying through here in the Christchurch community in being an emotionally healthy disciple. We're focusing this winter on emotionally healthy spirituality. In other words, how do we love the Lord with all our heart and soul and mind and strength? And with that in mind, this week we're focusing on making sure we know ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that we may know God better. A couple years ago we were in Luke, and we were reminded in Luke where Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Well, we've talked ad nauseum about what that means, you know, the, the disciplines and the things we need to do. But all that said, you can fill your head with a lot of head knowledge, but if you don't get back to some of the basics of being who you are as a new creation in Christ, you're not going to grow. You're not going to be healthy. And we know through this study that you cannot be spiritually mature and emotionally if, if you're emotionally unhealthy. So that's our journey this uh, winter. And so this week we were in the story of 1 Samuel 17, where David was taking on the eight-foot genetic mutant Goliath. And we learned some, some wonderful things through that journey. And we learned that every single one of us has at times in our lives what Henry Blackaby in Experiencing God used to call a crisis of belief. We have a variety of crises of belief. And as Christians, sometimes those crises of belief can hold us back, can hurt us, can uh, we, we don't do a good witness to the Lord. We shrink back and so this is where we are today, and I want to flesh out some of the practical applications of 
what it means to know yourself that you may know God. Because what we're talking about here is your true self, your true identity, which God wants you to live in, is one which is a lifelong journey, one of grace, but one that we pursue. And so we look at the person of David and the obstacles that he dealt with, the barriers of him going further and fulfilling God's call to him to eventually be king of Israel. We saw that he had barriers from his own family. His older brother, Eliab, told him he was a nobody. You're nothing. You know, why are you here? Who's watching the sheep? You only had a few of them to watch. As if Jesse would have sent David off without taking care of the sheep. No, he he was receiving really bad, scathing, uh, I don't know, really poor um, older brother, quite frankly, who's not encouraging him whatsoever to live into the identity of being one of God's children. From King Saul, he received, now remember, this is his king. We've talked a lot about kingship and Advent and Christmas. Well, this is his king. And King Saul turned around and said, you can't fight this guy. He's a trained warrior. As I said on Sunday, Goliath is a you know, green beret. He's trained. He's probably killed people. And David's you know, fought the bear and the lion. And that's prepared him, absolutely. But the reality is it's not the same as killing another human being. And Saul's concerned about that. David's not. David's not concerned at all. And so Saul says, okay, go, but here's your armor. Giving David his battle tactics, not David's. And David says, I'm not used to these. I can't wear these. The third barrier to living into his true self is the giant Goliath. And the point of Goliath is that, remember, this isn't, these aren't people to emulate. It's an inspiring story and it's great. But it isn't just the fact that we go slay the giants in our lives. No, what we're talking about here is living into the fullness of Christ as he has called us to. And that we recognize that true courage, when we have a crisis of belief, is not an absence of fear. It's, it's in the midst of having that fear. It's the presence and the insurance of the joy. Because even though I'm shaking my boots, Jesus Christ is my champion. All right, We spoke about Psalm 30 that weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And so, no matter where you are in your walk with the Lord right now, dear Christ Church brothers and sisters, and anybody else in our listening audience, think of the feelings that you're going through when you're in a, a certain ministry situation a conversation around the Thanksgiving dinner table. Are you able to lower the temperature with just asking questions? 
Where in your life or with whom is it difficult to be the true disciple God calls you to be? The new creation. To speak honestly to others. To say no. Or not being afraid of what others think. If you can do that, you're growing in your emotional maturity. And this is what the Lord wants for all of us, my friends. Is that we can, in love, speak the truth. That we can say no to our friends who might want us to pursue certain behaviors which aren't in accordance with the Lord. And quite frankly, sharing our opinion and not being afraid of what they think. Because our identity is not in their approval, our identity is in Christ. That's our focus this week. And so for the next three days, ponder that. And as you prepare for Sunday, go ahead and read the Genesis passage of the end of Genesis 50, where we're going to learn this upcoming week to going back in our lives in order to go forward, to do an evaluation. So what might it look for you to take off the armor, if you will, of the world that the world tries to put you in and you're currently wearing and it doesn't fit you? These questions are taken right from the workbook of, of Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. But it's worth us pondering, taking to prayer and talking about and sharing it with one another. And this is why it's important for you to be in a little church group. Quick review. Our little churches are based on John Wesley's Methodist model. That every group has a leader, an assistant, a chaplain, and a missioner. And every little church gathers. Now right now we're just gathering by Zoom. There's only one or two of our little church groups that are gathering in person. Uh, there's a Tuesday group that's gathering, but they're not doing emotionally healthy spirituality. Uh, you could talk to Gay Borchard about that because Gay is leading it. It's a Becky Pippert book study. As well as there's our Wednesday to at 10.30 group. If you can't make that one and you want to come in person, we have, we're masked up, we're socially distant, and we're having this discussion coming off of Sunday. How can we be emotionally healthy disciples? And the point of it is we grow when we're not isolated, when we're accountable to someone to engage the material, to engage the text, to have people speak into our lives and to help one another. Because I know you help me. As not only I prepare for this, but I'm challenged by what people say and respond. I've got two groups that, that I'm leading right now. And I can't tell you how much I've learned just by walking through this for a second time with a group of men on Tuesday mornings. And a group of uh, husbands and wives and, and, uh, and families walking through this together. So I want to encourage you in that. And so, as we approach this upcoming Sunday, I want to remind the Christchurch community that it's also Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, where we at Christchurch will pray for all of human life, both preborn 
as well as extremely elderly. That all life is created in the image of God and we're called to protect it. With that in mind, we're also going to uh, be, like I said, journeying through going back in order to go forward. So that make sure you read chapter three before your next group or this upcoming Sunday. You'll be familiar with the material in order to let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart as we do an exposition on that text. So, my friends, I look forward to seeing you. God bless you. And I'll see you next time And Knots Untied. Thank you so much for listening to Knots Untied. If anything you've heard today sparks a thought or question, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to me, Gene Sherman, at gsherman at ChristChurchWestShore.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for community updates on Christchurch West Shore. God bless.